Thank you, Sheila. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. It's the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. And believe it or not, you are less boisterous than the 8 o'clock service this morning. Welcome to Trinity. We're glad you're here. Such a wide variety of wonderful music this morning and a baptism and a song, uh, uh, messages about hope and God bearing up our burdens. So just in that theme, one more song before we get started this morning. We are not alone. Words and music by Jim Strathdy. We are not alone. Welcome to church.
phone, Carl. I'm here. Thank you. That's I very just comforting. hadn't quite got up here yet. It's very comforting. Thank you. Good morning. What a lovely, lovely day to be together, huh? God has called us to be together here, and it's a lovely day. And we have uh, people joining us online, too, so say hello to those folks across the island. Uh, I think we're going to have some baptismal uh, folks who are beaming in from the Middle East, isn't that right? So uh, we have people all over the globe joining us this morning by this miracle of technology. And you can see the, 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 the uh, baptismal font is dressed and ready for Bronwyn, who is awake right now, 11 months old. She's awake in the back row. We might hear from her during the sermon, you never know. But uh, so this is just a joyful day. And we have such beautiful music today. Uh, our musicians, we always do, but our musicians have some beautiful pieces of music to share with us as well. We're honored by your presence. Thank you for being here. The order of service is printed in your bulletin and everything will be projected for you as well. And so if it's comfortable for you, I would invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gathering hymn is Gather Us In. shared prayer of the morning is called the Curie. It's a sung prayer. Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Curie eleison. Yeah. Curie, Curie. 
invite you to be seated. Typically now we sing uh, together a hymn of praise. Our hymn of praise this morning is going to be uh, sung for us. Joy and Linda are going to share hymn of praise with us. Worship your home. 
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We worship your holy name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for your gracious welcome in this sanctuary. Thank you for the wide array of blessings that meet us on this sunny summer day. May we praise you and may we never take for granted the privilege of this hour and the gift of gathering with these people. Bind up the broken hearts, inspire hope in us that we in turn might share hope with others. We pray in the name that is above all others, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We move now to the reading of Scripture. This is a reading for this, the sixth Sunday after Pentecost, from the 11th chapter of Matthew, in the words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The word of the Lord. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder think about all that you have made. I see stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power everywhere displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, mm, how great thou art. the woods and forest glade I wander and hear birds sing sweetly in the trees I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and see the brooks and feel the gentle breeze sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How 
how great thou art. How great thou art. And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, well, I scarce can take it in on the cross. My burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, oh, how great thou art. When Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation, Joy shall fill my heart, and I shall bow in humble adoration, and then proclaim, My God, how great Thou art! Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, O Lord, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, oh Lord, how great thou art. Amen, amen. It's not as easy as it looks. Uh, Nick and Carl worked hard on that rendition this week. And uh, also, uh, Linda and Joy were here joyfully all week uh, practicing. Thank you for that. Thank you to our musicians every week. They're fantastic. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a life without music? Hard to imagine. Well, I grew up with him. Not literally, but figuratively. You see, he had a permanent place in our household. He had a privileged position in my living room. Clearly a cut above Trini Lopez, Tom Jones, Dinah Washington, 
Perry Como, and even just a little bit above Tony Bennett. Though no one in my family has any musical aptitude at all, my father loved music, and he had a vast collection of vinyl records. So I grew up with the songs of the 50s and 60s. I grew up listening to one of my father's favorites, very favorites, was the chairman of the board, the leader of the Rat Pack, Francis Albert Sinatra. In 1964, when I was five years old, Sinatra recorded a song that would become a hit, and my dad and I listened to that song a thousand times on that vinyl. Thirty-one years later, at the age of 79, as Sinatra faced the final curtain, he would perform for the very last time. So what song would he choose to conclude a career unparalleled in success and duration? Well, you might guess my way, or perhaps in the autumn of his years, he would sing, it was a very good year. Those are good guesses, but you'd be wrong. What song did he choose? He chose this one. Out of the tree of life, I just picked me a plum. You came along and everything started into hum Still it's a real good bet the best is yet to come Best is yet to come and babe won't that be fine seen the sun but you ain't seen it shine wait till the warm-up's underway wait till our lips have met and wait till you see that sunshine day you ain't seen nothing yet the best is yet to come and babe won't it be fine best is yet to come come the day of mine uh, somewhere my dad's looking down at me right now and smiling but he's also saying Jim you didn't really play that in church did you it's a hopeful song it's a love song it's optimistically looking ahead, believing that the best is yet to come. Love will do that, you know. The poet Maya Angelou writes, Love recognizes no barriers. It jumps hurdles, leaps fences, penetrates walls to arrive at its destination full of hope. Hope. I wanted to check in with you this morning and see how your hope meter is doing. Are you full of hope? Or are you perhaps finding hope just a little hard to come by? Would you say that the best is yet to come, or might the future hold more fear than promise? I had two weddings this week. Very few events in life are more 
hopeful and forward-looking than weddings. Of course, when one considers the magnitude of the promises that are made, you could say that weddings are terrifying too. But we're going to leave that for a different sermon. I had two weddings this week. The first was last Monday. It was for Karen and Bob. And for Karen and Bob, this was the second time around for both of them. They are my age. They had met 42 years earlier at a Lutheran college. And then in the years that followed, well, life happened. The groom had nursed his wife to death after 40 years of marriage. The bride had watched her husband walk away from their marriage for someone else after 39 years and three children. It was sometime after that that Karen and Bob reconnected. They planned an island wedding, and in front of their adult children and grandchildren, they exchanged sacred vows. And what a joyful, joyful wedding it was. You see, this couple knew. They knew what the vows meant. They knew what better, worse, richer, poor, in sickness and in health, until death parts us, meant. They knew, and they took the vows anyway. You see, they arrived at their destination full of hope. Love is beautiful the second time around. Now, my wedding yesterday was much different. It was glorious, a celebration of families, old island families. The grandparents, the parents, and the bride and the groom were all South Woodby High School graduates. Two families united by one couple in love. The bride and groom are exceptional young people, and in front of their families and before God, they exchange sacred vows, and now they will set off on the journey of life together. They will face an uncertain future hand in hand, arm in arm, full of hope. They have shared dreams and an eye towards the future. Now, very few events in life are more hopeful and forward-looking than a wedding. What would rival a wedding on the hope meter? Very few things on the list, but on that list would be the birth of a baby. A terrifying and painful labor that results in new life, a new beginning, hope for the future, and the gift of life on the runway stretching forward for that child goes out 90 years. We are celebrating a baptism this morning, a new beginning. Brownwin Christina Lamman will be carried to the font by parents Nadia and Jason. Surrounded by loving family, Brownwin will feel the cool waters of baptism, and she will be claimed as a child of God, loved, forgiven, never alone. Her future is full of hope, promise, and for sure, the best is yet to come for Brownwin. So how's your hope meter this morning? If your batteries are a little low and hope is a little hard to come by, you need to know you're not alone. There are others here this morning needing a battery jump start or at least a word of encouragement. That word of encouragement you just heard read for you, the words of Jesus, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. It is clear that Jesus was preaching to those who were oppressed, 
depressed, diseased, discouraged. Jesus began his ministry on a hopeful note, full of hope, gospel words. Now remember, gospel literally means good news. So listen to the words that Jesus spoke in his hometown of Nazareth as this Jesus movement was just getting started. He quoted the prophet Isaiah saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's good news, folks. Good news to people with failing hope meters. Now, every human story, every marriage, every attempt at raising children is precarious at best, a dance with disaster, a roller coaster of ups and downs, peaks and valley, laughter and tears. How's your hope meter this morning? Jesus said, come to me, you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. If you came here this morning, and you've got a weary heart, then you need to know you're in good company, and you've come to the right place. You see, this place where you are sitting is called a sanctuary. A sanctuary means a safe place. A bird sanctuary is a safe place for birds. A wildlife sanctuary is a safe place for animals. And this sanctuary should always be a safe place for all of God's children. We come here for healing. We come here for a respite from the unsafe world out there. We come to leave behind uncivil discourse, political rantings, and shame-induced rhetoric. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me, you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Rest. Rest in the world outside these sanctuary doors can be very hard to come by. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. There's good news for the poor, the oppressed, and the displaced in this sanctuary. So how's your hope meter today? And can we muster hope for tomorrow? Can we sing together in the face of uncertainty? Can we proclaim that the best is yet to come? And can we encourage each other to hope? I want to share a few quotes with you, words about hope. The first, Dostoevsky, to live without hope is to cease to live. And Martin Luther King Jr. said, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose hope. And do not forget the words of a disabled president who led this country through the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl and the Second World War. Yes, FDR said, we have always held to the hope, the belief, the conviction that there is a better world beyond the horizon. Hope. We cannot see beyond the horizon by definition. You know, when Bob was nursing his wife to death, this groom from last Monday, when he was nursing his wife to death, he did not know that there was new life and a new beginning beyond the horizon. 
And when Karen was weeping as her husband was walking out the door to another woman, it was impossible for her to see beyond her current circumstances. But this week, she was married and new life began. How's your hope meter? We must hold on to hope even when the darkness of day-to-day life gives us little reason to hope. And here's the deal, my friends. I can't do this by myself. I need you. I need you to inspire hope in me. I need you to carry me when I'm down, when my battery needs a jump start. You see, this is the way it works. We need a community, a community that cares for us, and a community that works for the common good of this place that we share and this world where we live. And I'll tell you something about hope. People without hope don't tend to live very long. And they certainly don't experience the abundant life that God desires for them. We know that every human journey, every human journey is precarious. So wait a minute, Pastor Jim, you're talking a lot. That's usual. Let me interrupt you, Pastor Jim. I watch the news, and I got to tell you, everything is terrible. Mass shootings, political upheaval, climate concerns, race relations, immigration, the Supreme Court, the Mariners. <laughs> All of those concerns are real. Welcome to the human family. And I guarantee you this, when those problems have moved on, there are going to be a whole set of new ones to take their place, guaranteed. But don't think for a minute that our problems are any greater than the problems faced by every generation before us. We have a much better standard of living. We have better safety and longer lives than any generation that preceded us. And compared to those in Jesus' day, there's no comparison. The crowds that pressed in on Jesus were powerless pawns. They didn't get to vote. They were living day to day, and 60% of their children would not survive to adulthood. They were oppressed by the tax man. They were oppressed by the Romans. They were oppressed by King Herod. They were not spending winters in Palm Springs, and most of them were dead by 45. And yet, to our ancestral sisters and brothers, Jesus said, come. Come to me, you are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. If your hope meter is exhausted, hear the words of Jesus. And if you're swinging on a star today, can you, can you give the gift of hope to someone else this week? You see, there's nothing new under the sun. The first century Roman philosopher, Pliny the Elder, said, Hope is the pillar that holds up the world. Hope is the dream of a waking man. And the reformer, Martin Luther, said, everything that is done in the world is done by hope. And Helen Keller said, nothing can be done without hope and confidence. Do you see? Hope. Hope is the key. 
Hope is the key to getting up in the morning, to getting out of bed. Hope leads us to share from our great abundance to invest in the college educations of the next generation. It is hope that built the tiny houses. It is hope that inspires our quilters to quilt. It is hope that keeps our woodcutters stacking wood every Wednesday. It is hope that leads young couples to marriage. It is hope that leads Bronwyn to the baptismal font this morning. We are called to be people of hope. And hope will lead us through tough times. You see, we can do this. But we can't do it alone. We need the words of Jesus, and we need a community that cares. So just so I'm very clear about this, I'm, I'm not telling you that everything is fine out there. It's not fine. We all know that. We know that our community, our nation, and our world face serious problems. But wringing our hands in despair is not productive, and it's not faithful. We mustn't give ourselves over to despair. Senator Edward Kennedy said, The work goes on, the cause endures, the hope still lives, and the dreams shall never die. That's the spirit. We can make a difference if we believe that we can make a difference. So to end where I began with the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra chose to end his storied career with the song, The Best is Yet to Come. He chose to end on a note of optimism, even if his best days were behind him. Now, you may not feel like the best is yet to come for you. And the truth is, the best years of our lives may be behind us now. But our hope is not found in healthy bodies or healthy minds. The foundation of our hope is not found in money or travel or extravagant living. Our hope is found only in the one who knows us intimately, the one who gave us life in our mother's womb. Our hope is only found in Jesus who said, let not your hearts be troubled. Come to me, you who are weary. Do not be afraid. Hear those words of hope and then give the gift of hope to someone this week. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my work's in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. If you can't preach like Peter, if you can't pray like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus and say, He died for all. Don't ever be discouraged, for Jesus is your friend. And if you lack for knowledge, He'll never refuse to lend. Yes, there's a balm in Gilead, to make the wounded whole. Hold on to hope, my friends. Hold on to hope.
Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my work's in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. There is a poem in Gilead to make the like Peter and you can pray like Paul you can tell the love of Jesus and say he died for all there is a bond in Bomb in Gilead to heal the sin sick soul. Don't ever feel discouraged. is your friend and if you invite you to remain seated. Uh, Ernie's going to lead us in the prayers. We have a sung response for the prayers, uh, God of Wonder. We'll sing that now, and then after each petition, each petition will come back to that sung response. Let us pray.
hearts are burdened and heavy, we are grateful for your promise to always be with us. We give thanks for your lifting hand in times when we fall. For any who are struggling, who have fallen, or have been left behind, move us to be the lifting hand of grace that brings renewal, home, and healing. And we sing our prayer. rainbow spectrum of gender identities, loving God, and with our increasing awareness of the many and diverse ways of being human, and recognizing the incredible variety of hues and colors of your people, help us to be your audible voice of welcome, hope, and future joy, so none are kept from experiencing abundant life. We sing our prayer. Where war rages, let us urge a just peace where white supremacy or bigotry infect our public or private lives, let us bring your cleansing vision of equality. Where our fragile earth aches, let us open our eyes to hard solutions that heal. Where intolerance prevails, let us change hearts and see all through your eyes. We sing our prayer. God, comfort those who grieve, bring hope and healing to those who are ill. We rejoice with the family and friends of Bronwyn Christina at her baptism today. Surround us all with the light and promise of your love. We sing our prayer. these prayers to you, knowing you have promised to hear us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Brahman to come on up and bring her family uh, with her. Uh, any children who are here, welcome to come down and join us uh, by the baptismal font as well, as long as you stay away from this candle. Come on up. 
And we have lots of family members here. You can come right up on, uh, on this side, maybe. Yeah, let's come right over here. Well, I did it again. My sermon did it again. She was awake when it started. Um, this is Bronwyn and Mother Nadia and Jason. And Bronwyn is wearing a gown uh, that Nadia wore when she was baptized. So a beautiful thing. And uh, we're so very thankful for that. Um, so this is a great celebration of family. And um, as we are here together, I, I just want to pull up a picture of here, I think, of Agnes. Um, yeah, don't cry or you get me going here. Um, Agnes and Al, Bronwyn's uh, great-grandparents, uh, cornerstone members of our church, and Agnes was here with us until about a, mm, a year ago, a little over a year ago. And dear, a dear member of this church sat here every single Sunday. We were birthday buddies, and we just give a shout-out to Agnes. She's with us in spirit, and we're very proud. These words now about baptism. No, you're okay. It's my line. I'm just catching my breath. Here are these words about baptism. In baptism, our gracious Heavenly Father frees us from sin and death, by joining us to the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are born children of a fallen humanity. By water and the Holy Spirit, we are reborn children of God and made members of the church, the body of Christ. Living with Christ and in the communion of saints, we grow in faith, love, and obedience to the will of God. Now it's your line. We present. Bronwyn Christina has been presented for baptism. So what is going on here? This is about promise and intention. She is not aware that we're doing this. Uh, you, her parents, grandparents, sponsors, godparents, and the congregation, we enter a partnership. It's about promise and intention, forward-looking into hope for her. And it amounts to a partnership between you and the larger church that she might know that she is loved, that she's forgiven, she's never alone, that God has a purpose for her life. So I want you to listen carefully now to the vows that we are taking on her behalf. These are vows that our confirmation students at the age of 13 would confirm their, affirm their baptism and take these same vows. Listen carefully. We are all asked to take these vows today. As you bring Bronwyn to receive the gift of baptism, you are entrusted with these responsibilities. To live with her among God's faithful people, to bring her to the word of God and the Holy Supper, to teach her the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, and the Ten Commandments, to place in her hands the Holy Scriptures, to nurture her in faith and prayer, so that she may learn to trust God, to proclaim Christ through word and deed, to care for others and the world that God has made, and to work for justice and peace. I ask all who are now gathered, do you promise to help Bronwyn uh, to grow in the Christian faith and life? If so, answer, we do. We do. We now move to the profession of faith. I ask you to profess your faith in Christ Jesus, to reject sin, and confess the faith of the church. I ask all who are gathered. 
Do you renounce the devil and all the forces that defy God? Do you renounce the powers of this world that rebel against God? Do you renounce the ways of sin that draw you from God? Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? believe in God the Holy Spirit. Jason grew up here in our youth group many, many years ago. And I'm going to ask Jason that you would pour the water in in just a moment. Uh, slowly. Uh, we're going to share Luther's flood prayer. This is a prayer that Martin Luther wrote, recalling the place of water in the history of creation, uh, but also in salvation. And you'll hear that through this prayer as you hear the waters as well. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters, and by your word you created the world, calling forth life in which you took delight. Through the waters of the flood, you delivered Noah and his family, and through the sea, you led your people Israel from slavery into freedom. At the river Jordan, your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By the baptism of Jesus' death and resurrection, you have set us free from the power of sin and death and raised us up to new life in you. Pour out your Holy Spirit now, the power of your living word, that those who are washed in the waters of baptism may be given new life. To you be given honor and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Thank you. It's water. That's all it is. Water that came down from the sky, into the aquifer, through the pipes in the back room, and out. And that's important because God uses these common elements, water, bread, and wine, the most common elements to remind Bronwyn that she's loved and to remind each of us that we are loved. Common elements that we come to, into contact with every single day so that we cannot forget. And so this is not magic, this is the word of God. And so the idea is when she gets in the bathtub, when she someday starts taking showers, as she brushes her teeth, as she plays in mud puddles or swims in the pool, that she feels that water as we do, and we're reminded not just of any day, but of this day, the day of our baptism, as we recall that. So I'd invite the family, come in close, and go ahead and touch those waters yourself, and make the sign of the cross on your forehead, as you remember your baptism. And now this is cold water, I hate to do this, uh, but let's get her a little close here. Uh, that's good. Bronwyn Christine, you are a child of God, and you are now baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And everyone says, Amen. <laughs> and she did great. <laughs> 
You can watch the film later and you can explain <laughs> it to me. Let us pray. I'd invite the congregation to hold your hand up. We give you thanks, O oh God, that through the water and the Holy Spirit, you give this daughter new birth. She's cleansed from sin and will be raised to eternal life. We pray that you would sustain Brahma with the gift of your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of joy in your presence, both now and forever. Brahma, you are a child of God. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. And now we have a baptismal candle. This has her name on it and this date. It's the second birthday for her, uh, July 9th, 2023, Brahma and Christina, that every year on her baptismal birthday, that you pull out the candle, show her pictures of this day, and remind her of those promises from God. And the women in the church have made a quilt to help that story as well. The quilt is to be in her room, and as she cuddles under that quilt at night and you read her bedtime stories, you can also tell her the story of this day. So, I ask you now, people of God, will you make room in your hearts uh, and in your prayers for Brahma and Christina? If that's your intention, say, we do. We do. And now, I would invite you to stand up, because our only good response here is for us to sing to her, not loud enough to wake her up, uh, <laughs> Jesus loves me. Lord be with you. And also with you. We share a sign of peace and greeting with one another. Thank you uh, for sharing. Thank you for sharing that greeting of peace.
Thank you for sharing in that green of peace. After the service, take this good energy, take this good energy right over in the fellowship hall because it's second Sunday, and you know what that means. Second Sunday, cinnamon rolls, fresh cinnamon rolls in the gym for you to enjoy at the coffee hour along with other treats as well. So we'd encourage you to come on over in there. We also have surveys on the tables. We've been doing a summer of surveys, trying to hear what's important to you in the church, priorities uh, as we look towards a five-year plan. So those surveys are in on the tables. The idea is you might sit down with your coffee and your cinnamon roll and talk to the people around you, get to know them, and talk about the surveys just a little bit. Card ministry, important part of what we do. Even if you don't know folks, if they get cards, it inspires them, it gives them hope. And so we have got uh, Brad Walker out there today. Brad is in hospice care. I was over to see him at his home last week. And uh, a card would, would lift his spirits as he faces this final chapter in his life. So we'd encourage you to do that. Uh, this coming Saturday, next Saturday, is uh, men's breakfast. That's 8 a.m. in the gym. Uh, lots of good food. Fellowship with the men at 8 o'clock uh, next Saturday. And I'm going to call on Lana Johnson, but as she comes up, Carl's got an announcement. Come on up, Lana. Plan ahead on the 20th of July, Thursday the 20th. Uh, a good friend of Sheila's will be here uh, at Trinity. He is a uh, singer and a musician that does some of the, the uh, oldest, most spiritual, sacred music of India, Drupad. And, um, you should experience that firsthand. He'll be here the 20th of July at 7 o'clock. So plan ahead, mark on your calendars. See you then. Okay, so Pastor Jim told me I had to be short, so I wrote it on a piece of paper, and I'm not going to do any headbands today. Okay, I will. Okay, the first one. <clears throat> Um, this Thursday, I know it's the second Thursday, but it's this Thursday is our luncheon. Uh, so that's July 13th at noon. We are having smoked ribs and chicken. Uh, we ask that you sign up in the Narthex on the clipboard so that we kind of have an idea of how many people are coming. Um, you know, and you can sign up to bring a salad, so that'd be great. Okay, thank you. And. Oh, he loves them. I know he does. Stop it. So you guys did such a great uh, job signing up for July volunteering that I had to put my July headband away, and I dug out the August. Thankfully uh, to Marcy Bovitz, she made this one. Um, so out on the tables in the gym, you have to kind of walk past the cinnamon rolls, but I know you can do it to the wall that says volunteers and sign up. Now the, the lists that are out there are for August um, ushers and coffee. And um, there's no greeters out there because August is already full. So um, hopefully you'll make it over there and sign up to do some of those weeks. Is that it? That's it. Okay. You did great, Lana. Oh, thank you. Yep, it'd be hard to replace you. We also celebrate this morning the altar flowers, the flowers here from uh, Kristen and Walt Phelps, who celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary this week. So congratulations to them as well. As we transition towards the end of the service, uh, we're going to pull Linda and Joy back up, and they have a transition song, beautiful song, uh, to share with us. He knows my name. This is short. <laughs> okay. 
invite you to stand if it's comfortable. As you're about to leave now, uh, this sanctuary, this safe place, uplifted by words of hope, I would encourage you to be agents of hope this week. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A sign of that hope, get out your little lights or closing hymn, this little light of mine.